Hello, and welcome to the Watershed Moments podcast, where I and other therapists discuss real life, everyday mental health issues to give you real and practical help to live a healthier life for yourself and with others. Now, if you want more content like this, be sure to visit our website at watershedinitiative.com to dig into the library of podcasts, articles, and courses that we've made just for you. And of course, if you need face-to-face help, definitely reach out to our partner affiliate, Lifeology of Richardson and Frisco at 214-556-0996 to get connected with a therapist or life coach. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Watershed Moments podcast. Uh, We've got a special episode um, talking through uh, just the coronavirus, what people are going through right now during um, this period of time of dealing with COVID-19. And I've got a a few special guests for this particular podcast. I've got my good friends and colleagues here. I've got Jenny Wong, uh, LPC supervisor. And I've got Jula Prevalon as well, LPC. Hello. Um, and, uh, for, uh, for those of you who might be following us a little bit as well, we, we, uh, Jula and Jenny have been on with me on different podcasts before talking about, um, uh, the area of grief and trauma and loss. And, uh, we thought this would be a really good, uh, podcast to be able to put out there specifically around the area of coronavirus and speaking to people who are really going through a lot of loss, grief, and trauma, because there is a lot of that going on right now. So, um, for this particular podcast, um, I want to try and narrow down um, who the audience is that we're trying to talk to. Um, and so um, we are, for this podcast, really looking at healthcare professionals, people who are in the medical profession who are on the front lines of dealing with coronavirus. And so yeah. um, we imagine we're not there, but we, we, we would imagine we've heard stories and a lot of what's going on. We want to be able to talk about it from a mental health perspective, just because we want to be able to provide right. some type of resource for you guys out there. Um, and just know that we, our hearts are going out to you, uh, whatever we can do to support you. We want to so much. And so this is our little way of contributing. We hope it gives some relief, gives some type of support and benefit. Um, and right. so I'll say that, um, the, uh, the three of us here as therapists, uh, have all had some, um, training and some background in trauma and grief. And so we're going to talk about it from that angle. And so what I'd yeah. like to do, um, with you guys first, um, Jenny and Jula is to be able to talk about different scenarios that we're hearing out there and, and yeah. talking about it, those in those specific situations. So, um, the first situation that I want to, I want to cover with you guys is probably there's a lot of doctors, um, a lot of nurses, a lot of people in, in, in hospitals right now that are, are overloaded. They're, they're simply yeah. working to try to, to, to care for as many people. There might be a limitation in terms of how many beds there are, how many ventilators there are. And I envision that there's just a lot of situations where um, there's a lot of suffering and even a lot of death that they, that they would feel that could be prevented, that could be addressed, but they don't have the resources or the manpower to deal with it. And behind that will be a number of different feelings. Um, yeah. And they've also got to be making probably some tough decisions too in terms of like, we have yeah. only a limited number of ventilators and we've got so many people and we've got to make some pretty life and death decisions. Some people are, are going to have to choose to resource these, uh, these ventilators to these beds to, and some we're going to have to not, they might, they might end up dying. And so there's, there's just a lot packed into those kind of situations. And yeah. uh, really, I, I want to open it up to you guys just to t- maybe talk about what you hear, what you think, when, what you, what you feel when you hear about those kinds of situations that we were pretty sure are going on. So uh, Jenny, Jula, uh, what do you guys hear when you, when, you, when you think of stories like that and what might be going on in real time right now for a lot of health, healthcare professionals? Yeah. 
Well, I think like the rest of the world, there's this sense of um, living on survival mode. Um, and I think more so healthcare professionals, you know, they, they have to hold everything together and not fall apart. So they're using the coping mechanisms to survive, um, to survive in order to help as many people as they can. Um, so, so they have to do, you know, whatever it takes, you know, even if it means numbing um, at times and not really paying attention to the feelings, because I can imagine, you know, the feelings one might have um, have, having to see death over and over again and having to see so many people in need and not having enough equipment and for their own safety as well, you know, um, not just having the fears and um, not he even having the enough protective gears for themselves to take care of themselves and make sure they're safe and, and family safe. So I'm hearing a lot. I have families in the East um, many of which are in the healthcare professionals. I have um, great friends that are um, here locally as well that are in the healthcare professionals. And they're taking this um, coronavirus, COVID-19, very seriously, you know, both for themselves, their families, and, um, and their patients as well. So there, there, there are a number of um, emotions that's, that I hear um, is going on within the healthcare professionals. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Jula. That, um, it, that they're on survival mode, um, and yeah. what what that means for them is is um, to give themselves compassion, you know, yeah. um, and just a lot of um, space to um, be okay with wherever they're at. I have a friend who um, is a who is a doctor on actually the West Coast, um, and something that she says that she does. I mean. She's just kind of running on fumes, but when she can, she tries to dance and and just fill herself with things that are more positive when she gets home. Yeah. Um, but like I, the, the thing that I hear a lot from my friends and my family who are in the healthcare field right now is this feeling of loneliness. Yeah. I feel very alone. Um, yeah. 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 Um, just that yeah. what they're experiencing no one else really can understand except for their tribe right their group of, of people what they're what they're going through that fear that they're yeah. constantly um facing as they go into the hospitals um the compassion that they feel for their patients um yeah. you know you, you, i've seen i'm sure you guys have seen also videos where they're cheering their patients on you know when, once, right. once a covid patient um you know is able to go home i mean they're cheering and dancing for them so they're holding so much space for their patients um, but they feel so alone. Right. Um, and right. part of that is trauma. Um, but the more I think right now, I think I'm, I want to speak more towards the community around healthcare yeah. workers versus just the healthcare workers is, is we need to come around them um, and yeah. let them know that they're not forgotten, Yeah, uh, that they are seen. Yeah, I see a lot of um, healthcare professionals as well posting videos mm -hmm. um, just about um, just information, just giving information mm -hmm. about, you know, what to do if you start yeah. breathing this way or that way. And I started thinking, I wonder if they feel like if they can um, post these videos and try to help as many people as possible, if mm -hmm. in case they cannot 
um, reach them in time, or there's not enough equipment or or ventilators. So they're um, so I'm seeing even the compassion they have for the greater um, audience that's not even mm-hmm. locally in their hospitals that they want to help as many people as possible by posting these videos, these information informational videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really appreciate that about them. I really appreciate that, that even in the midst of their own, um, you know, just the selflessness, you know, as they're dealing with their own survival mode and dealing mm-hmm. with their own issues, because I'm sure are multi-layered for them, that they're reaching out to the World Wide Web, to the greater audience out mm-hmm. there to offer some help and support. So that's yeah. showing the selflessness of what many of them do every day, too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like as you guys are, are talking through these different examples and these different perspectives, like the, the, um, the theme of of almost powerlessness that there are just these things that are happening and there is a there's a there's a serious limitation in terms of what people can do that at the end of the day there's only so much and there so everything else seems to just kind of be out of my control kind of thing so there's a theme of that the loneliness part jenny i'm so glad you said that because yeah i feel like that's um it's such a common theme when it comes to grief and trauma, right? Oh, that mm-hmm. that I, I, I envision that the difficulty that people in this situation that are going through, if you're listening to this, that you must be feeling mm-hmm. is that there's so much is happening and your brain does not have time to really process it. Your heart right. does not have time to really mend. Right. And yet there's still the need for connection. There's still mm-hmm. the need to say, I yeah. have this experience but I don't have the words and I don't have the capacity or the means to be able to explain it to somebody. Um, And so the only solace that I get are going to be with people who are going through it with me because it doesn't need to be spoken about. We we just know that we're going through it together. I don't need to find the right words. I don't need to find the way to explain it because I'm, I'm alongside other people going through it too. Right. Um, And so there's a sense of, of camaraderie and a tribe among that, 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 Mm -hmm. that makes sense. That's how, that's how we, we, we would imagine, I would imagine, feel like we can make it through together because we're doing it with one another. Right. Um, but I think that puts a different kind of stress on the, as you said, Jenny, the community outside this because there's a mm-hmm. there's just a kind of a, a, this tension of, I, I would imagine people want to, they want to be able to to, to come in there and be able to to know how to, to, to mend um, uh, some of the hurts and some of the, 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 um, the trauma that they're going through they're not in that position to really know how to connect right and no. so there's a kind of conundrum if you will in there of a want to connect with people mm-hmm. but there's a lim- there's a severe limitation maybe if yeah. you guys can talk to our audience about how do they manage that tension right the need mm-hmm. to want to connect but knowing that hey th- there's just some some inabilities that we're going to have in this time as well what do you guys what do you guys think about that yeah that's a that's a rough one you know wanting to connect while at the same time, unable to connect. Um, you know, I love the word Jenny used about compassion mm-hmm. um, for self, showing grace for self, um, because the there is this greater audience that will not fully understand because they too are in their own season of surviving and trying right. to make sense of what's happening. Right. Um, and so for healthcare professionals, it's, it's hard to find the words to 
express really in layman's terms that, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm seeing here. Mm -hmm. Here are these things and, and um, um, those things. I would share, I would say that um, finding a community that does understand, which is why groups like AA work, um, you know, small groups work, um, because they share this common experience together and they have language that um, uh, that th they each understand and where others don't fully understand. I would share, you know, finding those people who can create the space, people who can be present, people who do understand the language, um, whether it be a therapist, whether it be someone that can just give them undivided attention mm -hmm. to share um, about what that experience is. But there is that tension between wanting to yeah. connect, but not really finding the community um, to be able to connect on such a traumatic event that's happening with them. So. Yeah. And one thing that I've also seen is um, for the rest of us, you know, who aren't, um, I don't know, experienced in trauma or trained in trauma. Um, one thing that I have seen and heard is, you know, to cheerlead them on. Um, they are running yeah. this really difficult race right now. Um, and right. the more that we can cheer them on and encourage them and say, we're here behind you, we're, you know, right. we're, we're rooting for you, just like what we see around the yeah. world, the people cheering for healthcare workers, but even yeah. individually sending them little letters, texts, you know, I'm praying for you, I, you know, yeah. I'm, um, I'm cheering you on, I'm encouraging you, um, I'm here behind you, um, I haven't forgotten you, um, and th those are all things that I think um, they're needing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, another thing is from what, what I've heard from my friends, too, is that uh, they do need that space to not always be bombarded by trauma. <laughs> so yeah. I have some friends who actually are in groups of physicians, um, but it's a little bit too much for them because it, it is a lot of um, sharing about their their more difficult experiences, which is overwhelming for, for a lot of my yeah. friends. Um, yeah. And they're they're needing more, I think, of that encouragement. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I'm reminded as we talked about in some the prior podcasts, when we were talking through grief, all of us have experienced grief in different ways. And, yeah. and also, so I'll just speak from it from that angle, from, from mm -hmm. grief and trauma as, as I've experienced it, that there is yeah. a, how do I put this? Um, when the, the kind of loss that you have is so painful and it even feels maybe so unique, it makes it very difficult to know how you can connect with other people when you know that they're not going to quite understand the kind of grief and trauma that you're going through. Mm. And it creates this kind of tension where, where people around you, they want to love you and they want to come near, but they don't know how in, in the, and there's also this, this, uh, this kind of tension that like, I don't want to have to explain it. I don't want to have to talk yeah. about it. Right. Mm. I don't want to have to go through cause it's, it's, I'm already in pain. I, I, I just, I need to have, uh, this, the weight uh, soothe it if at all possible and to be in connection. Yeah. And, and, and what I have found to be the most, um, uh, how do I put this? The most, uh, the, the, the most of a, uh, I guess a blessing that others can give to me in a period of time like that is if, mm -hmm. if people can just be comfortable enough to sit with me, right. right. And to be near and to not feel like they need to, to ask me questions about it right. to, to right. understand it, but just to say, I can be here with you and it, yeah. whatever it is that you need to feel, I can be here with you. Right. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that might be something we can communicate to one, um, people who are on the front lines going through it, that it, it's, it's, you're going to need that kind of space and it's okay not to want to have to talk about it. 
Um, right. Or as Jenny said, they have more, more trauma being compounded on it by hearing other people's stories. But just to be able to sit and be in connection, be in the physical presence of someone else, um, right, right. to be able to say, okay, this is this is what I'm going through right now. Um, yeah. That, that, that can feel I, like such a healing thing, but such a hard thing to do at the same time. I think it, it all depends on where you are in the um, recovery or the grief process too. You know, I think initially there, you might still be in a state of shock or even numbness where um, you can't get any words out or you don't really want to talk about it or can't really talk about it just yet. So I think it, it all depends on where the person is in the That's in true. the trauma event, you know, um, and, um, and when yeah. they can enter into the healing um, part of it. Um, I know in yeah. the first stages of grief, sometimes it's so shocking. You just mm -hmm. don't have words. You're mm -hmm. just dealing with that survival part of it. Right. Um, you know, and that, that yeah. can take time, right. you know, before you can process as far as what mm -hmm. do I want? Do I want a small group of people who get it? Do I want people with presence to just give me presence? Do I want people to cheer me on? I, I'm gathering that because we're still in the thick of COVID-19, yeah. right. that right. it's still so fresh and so uh -huh. new and ever evolving. You know, every week is something different. Just this week in New York, you know, um, um, Governor Cuomo passed the um, um, a state of emergency for everyone to be wearing masks, you know? So mm -hmm. as something is it's evolving every week. Yeah. And so, um, so healthcare professionals are still really in the thick of it, in the thick of the trauma, in the thick of the event. Right. Um, so it may be different as far as what exactly they're needing in this moment right now. It might not be a small group. It might be something a little bit more tangible um, as far as, you know, just someone to be present, give me a plate of hot Can food, give me a, some tea, you right, know, right. something like that. Right. Can you can you guys talk about that for a little bit from the standpoint of being like being married to somebody, it, mm. like like because for the assumption right now is for a lot of us you're not going to be able to have that small group because we're still in in um, exactly. in, in, in you're in social distancing right so you're not going to exactly. have but for at home when it comes to spouse children you know family members I'm sure this podcast is for them as well to know how do you come around. Um, your loved ones in such a way that 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 that's really supportive in this time and how do you survive yourself uh, knowing that you're kind of going through secondhand trauma and grief as well right yeah. so maybe if you yeah. guys could talk to that population for a second like what does that look like right mm -hmm. yeah I think very practically speaking mm -hmm. um, you know I think definitely like um, caring things like just making sure they're nourished and you know and taking care of physically um, but I, I think very practically speaking <laughs> I think structure is really going to be important for them mm -hmm. um, and I'm thinking specifically of maybe some clients I have who have kids um, teenagers where um, you know if the whole family can kind of realize that now is a now is a difficult time for yeah. mom or for dad um, and if we can all just kind of work together as a team and, and put some structure into place so that, um, you know, mom or dad, when they come home, um, right. they have, they have, they know something, they know that things are set at home. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, very practical things too, like making sure, yeah, they have hot food. I love that example. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. 
Yeah, just practical things. I think um, being attuned to what is happening with your spouse. You've been with your spouse for so long. And so you know the nuances, you know um, the areas where they're exhibiting stress or um, you know where they're needing some relief. Um, or um, And it could be hard too, because I know as a spouse, you may be home with children all day and you just want some relief from your spouse. So both of you are in this space um, together of, of just you have your own stuff going on and they have their own stuff going on and how to show compassion and how to um, have grace for each other in the midst of, and it's not a matter of comparing, you know, I have it worse and or you have it worse or anything like that, but it's really how to, um, you know, to sometimes meaning withholding your own needs for a little, for a, a minute in order to, to give the other one some relief. So it's a, it's a strategy to use, you know, in, in, in marriages that sometimes, you know, that this person is drowning, um, and I need to give him or her some relief in this moment or else this, my partner will not be of any use to me um, or my children in the future. So let me do whatever it takes in this moment for the whole family to hunker down and give the support and the relief that they need in this moment. The other thing to remember too is that this will pass. It's just for a little while. We're all on survival mode. The whole family is surviving for a little while. It's not forever. So how can the whole family hunker down, like Jenny was saying, as we're all in this together for a little while and, um, and show as much grace as possible and, um, and be present as much as possible and be attuned to each other as much as possible, um, you know, yeah. to support the other person. Yeah. And to realize, too, that, it, like you mentioned before, Jula, that it might change week from week, you know, yeah. so to be able to have that you know, family meeting or something um, as each week comes, okay, we, we need to change things up a little bit or change that structure so that we can kind of yeah. lessen, lessen some stress, you know, for mom or dad, whoever's in right. the front lines right now. Yeah. So some of the things that I'm hearing that are important takeaways for people on the front lines and their families who are with them, um, that it's okay, especially right now, that this is survival mode. That means yeah. that there's going to be mm -hmm. an incredible load of emotions, trauma, grief, pain, loss, powerlessness. All these things are combining together. Yeah. And there's just not enough time and mental bandwidth or energy to really deal with that. And so it's it's actually okay to to hunker down and just survive. And that, in fact, even a, a kind of almost a... a a uh, numbness or detachment of how you're feeling is a survival mechanism, right? That right, that's actually yeah. helping us right now, and that's right, okay. Yeah. There's there, right, there's yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. That's a right. that's a, a God-given kind of design of how we can actually survive in moments like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so giving space to be able to say, okay, that's that's the way it's going to be, mm -hmm. um, and 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 giving license to that, but also observing that that there's still a need for 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 connection and community. So whether that's within a tribe of other professionals who are on the front lines as well. So you don't have to really talk about it and you can just know that you're all going through it. Or if it's going to be your family, that family members 
um, you can know how to be present, to be physically present, to be uh, supportive, to demonstrate connection yeah. in ways that don't require really digging into all that stuff right now. Because again, we mm -hmm. just don't have the kind of time and bandwidth to be able to right. do that. And so to be able to come back behind that with some kind of connection in, 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 in ways that are very, um, very flexible and very giving and very, mm -hmm. very right. gracious. I, I think the last thing that I'm hearing in this is that that word flexibility. There's so much, I think, yeah. that, uh, it, like as you said, Jenny, it, it's the way it is today. But mm -hmm. it might look very different tomorrow. The way a person feels and the, what they need could change tomorrow. And so there's going to be a lot of a, a lot of expressions and, and even behaviors that are going to feel quite erratic, I would imagine. Right. Um, yeah, right. And there just needs to be a lot of, 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 of grace for that to be able to right. withstand the strain of what, what people are going through right now, I'd imagine, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That actually helps me, um, uh, if, if we can, to maybe talk mm -hmm. about um, how this is impacting and can impact the family as a whole, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I want to add that into the equation. Definitely, if there's other things that you've heard in here, you want to kind of go back and talk about. But I'd like to add into the fold here um, the kind of strain that you can imagine that would be impacting for, for husbands and wives and for children mm -hmm. and for, for parents, like the, the, the secondary blowback, if you will, of all this. And so if you guys can mm -hmm. maybe talk through that as well, that would be helpful. Yeah. I mean, we're never at our best when we're stressed, right. you no. know, I mean, tempers are higher, um, you know, our, our, um, ability to think like right now for me, our ability to yeah. think through things. I mean, it's not as, yeah. as good as it used to be. I can't like think through my words right now. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. like, none of us are at our best when we're stressed. And, yeah. um, and so I think that is one thing to be aware of in families is that yeah. there is going to be a lot of grace that is needed. Yeah. Um, a lot for our kids, the kids for their parents, um, that this is, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, so when I said earlier, when I was like, how do we lessen stress a little bit for our, those are the, our family members that are on the front lines? Um, I am assuming that there is a lot of stress, yeah. so, you know, yeah. and, and we're just trying to lessen just a little bit, but there's not just stress for those on the front lines, but also for everyone else. As well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I love that. Um, I love what you s shared earlier, um, Jenny, about structure. You know, um, providing somewhat of a structure within the home. You know, we control what we can, and right now there's so much that's out of our control. Yeah. And within yeah. the home, if there are if there's at least one thing that can remain the same, you know, so that everything. It is not all changing, you mm -hmm. know, if it is just, you know, we're going to have dinner at the same time every day. You know, there's a, a family I follow on Facebook. They do this thing about, you know, theme dinner nights, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just to, to offer up some kind of fun grace, um, just to kind of name that, this is this time is unprecedented mm -hmm. you know this is un, this is not ordinary and so we're just going to together as a family um, show as much um, compassion to show as much grace um, for one another and we're going to control the things that we can control and the things that we can't control we're going to ask the grace of God to help us through those things but these things here in the home, 
we're going to do our best to keep them the same, to keep some kind of routine if we can. And if we fail one day or two, you know, we're just going to have lots of forgiveness for one another when we do as well. Right. Um, this is the time where children will try parents a little bit more because they too are feeling stressed. And so they too are going to press, uh, you know, the limits and right, button. Right. Right. Um, they too are going to um, show you that they're anxious and their um, things are hard for them. Um, and for them too, you know, you show lots of grace, but at the same time, create some kind of structure and, and keeping those things, um, you know, the same that when before the pandemic, we did not disrespect parents. And after the pandemic, <laughs> during the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to do this either. And after we're, so just to have this, this, um, this thread that's interwoven throughout mm -hmm. the family that they know this is constant. This is what we believe. This is who we are. These are our values. Um, and they are transcendent through, throughout life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, during and after um, pandemic. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, I think as you guys are, are talking about having the space, grace, structure, the way, way to basically kind of withstand the additional load. There's so much extra yeah. pressure and weight on, on a family system right now um, that it requires a, a conscientious decision to say, I, I'm going to have to suspend there's a lot of things that I expect. Yeah. I, I've, I've even told a lot of my couples mm -hmm. right this right now, like, mm -hmm. hey, right now, and this isn't even related to healthcare workers, but like even like couples that are just, you know, stuck at home, you have to suspend a lot of the conflicts that you guys were trying to work through before. A lot right. of the old wounds that you guys are working through. This right, is right, not right. a normal time. And so you have to, right. you have to almost put that on hold. We're going to have exactly. to come back to that later. And right now we have to devote all our resources to just simply surviving these next few months, right? Right, yeah. Um, and I feel like that has to be part of the equation that there needs to be a conscientious yeah. decision to say, I know that there are things that are not okay. I know that things are yeah. not well. Um, there's a lot of things that we need to work through. There's a lot of things that I need to talk with my spouse about or whatever. But right now we can actually put those on hold. We can suspend them. It doesn't mean that they're not valid. It doesn't mean that they're not, they're, right. they're, it's not, there's not anything wrong that needs to be figured out. We can just put them on hold while we devote our attention, our resources to this right now. Right. Right. And I think a lot of people just need to have permission to be able to do that. Right. 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 And another thing is that, I mean, we do know, I mean, just physiology, just physically with our physiology and, you know, that connects with uh, psychologically also emotionally, that connection is a buffer for stress. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that is physical connection as well. Uh, right. So, you know, give your family members lots of hugs. Just mm -hmm. remember to connect. Hug. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, even yeah. Even, even if it feels like there's so much tension that that just yeah, the act of right. physical making physical connection yeah. touch uh -huh. is going to be a such a healing yeah. and, and and relieving thing. And again, you right. know, a lot of people I imagine would have to suspend a lot of like I don't feel yeah. it right now. I feel so angry. I feel so stressed. I feel whatever. Right. But it, right. It, it's just going to test everyone's resiliency, their ability yeah. to be able to hold a lot of different emotions at one time to be able to 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 create better connection. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's important for the family to talk about what's happening too, you know, to mm -hmm. name some things for one another that, you mm -hmm. know, how just like family check-ins, you know, last mm -hmm. week was different, this week is different. We're having to do these things differently this week. 
let's check yeah. in. Because I think that um, verbalizing it helped the children make sense of all the things that's changing and they can't, they don't have words for it. Um, even right, in this right. conversation, as we're talking with one another, it's such a bomb you know, to be able to hear from each of mm. you just talk mm. about these different strategies and different things that, that we could be doing to either help um, mental um, health professionals or just giving information. It just feels so, um, it, it, it just feels so supportive. It's like a supportive community to yeah. just even be able to talk about what's happening. And given the permission thing too, I think is so good and so necessary for people to hear that it's okay you know yeah. um so i think it's good for the family to come together and just just say it's okay yeah, yeah. i feel like this, this is going to take a little bit of a detour mm-hmm. i want to try to enter it into the fold too because i think being able to talk things out loud like if 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 there is a willingness to want to do that as you said Julia, can be such a healing thing but I imagine there's probably a lot of people who are going through some different thoughts and feelings that they might be experiencing. They, they might also not feel like they're necessarily at liberty to say mm. or feel like yeah. it's okay to say. Like, like right. I, I was I was reading um, like this 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 post on social media about this this nurse who's saying like I I'm I'm not a hero. I'm a martyr. I'm I'm I'm, mm. I'm being forced to do something that is is putting yeah. me at risk. Not just my own life at risk. It's putting my family's yeah. life at risk. Right. Yeah. And that, that can feel like a, a, a tough thing to say when everyone is saying like, yeah, you guys are heroes right now. But that's an honest thing to say that I've like, right. I don't want to be here. Like, I, right. I don't want to be in this situation where I'm putting myself at risk right. in this way. Where I don't have the the supplies and um, exactly. protection that I, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. So being able to just kind of articulate those things yeah. and to say like, you know, there's whether it's anger at like, you know, the, the, hospital administration or anger at the government yeah. or anger there's a lot of like spillage that's going to happen in this kind of situation as yeah. you said jenny and yeah. this amount of stress it's going to come out that way and in, and in fact i feel like um oh gosh let me i, I don't i don't want to take this too off rails but i know mm-hmm. having gone through um complex loss before um it's so easy when you're in so much pain and so much suffering to lash out and take it out on other people and and yeah. and and how it can be hard for your loved ones to want to come near because y- you can feel a little bit dangerous. You can feel a little bit mm. um, unstable, and, and you're they're not sure mm. like are, are they gonna are they gonna lash at me? Am I gonna get a, a verbal lashing kind of thing? And and yeah. and that puts again strain on the on relationships, and it kind of goes back to what you guys were saying before about how there's so much there needs to be so much grace to say like in in the yeah. the, the vocalization yeah. and, and putting words behind those things Julia, as you said yeah. it is healing but it can also be a little bit uh, tense too and it mm-hmm. just again it takes a lot more space we're going to have to stretch our muscles a little bit to be able to accommodate that that kind of strain and say you know right. it's okay to be able to articulate these things in maybe some ugly ways we're not going to be at our best we're not going to be pretty right but that's part mm-hmm. of this equation too i feel mm-hmm. like that's part of the, the our discussion here as well it feels yeah. like yeah Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that things right now, I mean, it's so hard as a therapist because so much of our job is, you know, to teach things, teach how to communicate and teach how to, yeah. you know, deal with anxiety and stress. But now is a time where it's like survival mode. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like 
the reality for everyone who is watching is we are throwing that out the window. <laughs> like yeah. right now about like, oh, you yeah. should communicate this way. Like we are on survival mode and we're just saying it is okay to um, whatever you're feeling, however you're dealing with it. But at the same time yeah. um, to, to have grace and compassion, you know, to, to, yeah, to build those muscles. Like you said, Lee, I, I love how you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, I think, go ahead, Lee. No, 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 please go ahead. Yeah, I was thinking through what you both were sharing just about being on survival mode and the vitriol that can take when people are just lashing out. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think there, being on survival mode it can be a tricky thing because, um, yeah, you hunker down, um, you know, because you have to, you know, because you need to cope. You need to survive this. Like, we are not going to let the ship sink. Um, we uh -huh, need to uh -huh. do whatever we, we, we need to do to not let the ship sink. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, we don't want to let the ship sink. But when we come out under that, we don't want bodies like right, the, right, right. underneath yeah. the ship either. Right. right. So surviving and making sure the ship doesn't sink. Mm -hmm. also means making sure you're in the ship too yeah. while you're yeah. surviving. So it's, it's about minimizing impact, you know, the, the, um, the impact that it can have on you. So there's, there are ways to, to, to survive where you come out on the other side and you mm -hmm. can um, function later on and you can regroup and repair. Um, but there are also things that we can do in that, in that space that can create even more issues for you for um, years to come in the future. So, um, so for me, I would, you know, just like what you were sharing, Lee, you know, just about the grief process that sometimes being in that moment, it can go, you know, two ways, you know, right. yeah. um, you can yeah. survive it and still have life later on mm -hmm. or you can survive it and um it takes just yeah. a complete left um right. field for you so yeah yeah i yeah. i think um this this kind of folds into the equation one of the last things i wanted to talk about with this is like like a lot of this is is suspending a, a lot of the the normal healthy emotional uh functions and, and processing for the sake of surviving but as we all know, like when, when it comes to PTSD, there's a reason why we shut down in trauma and we survive. Yeah. But at some point, we have to be able to re-engage that right. again, right? Right. And there's that's not now, but there's going to come a time in which all that stuff is there. And if we don't, like as you said, Julia, it could take a, a bad turn. And it could cause yeah. a lot more wreckage down the line. And as you're talking about that, I'm reminded of this, and 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 I, I I'm I'm coming off of a perspective of, of just how I've experienced trauma and grief myself, and so I'll I'll, I'll speak from that perspective. Mm. Um, so as you guys know, my wife and I we've gone through child loss, and in that period of time, there's so much there's so much added weight and strain of mm -hmm. of, of going through that. That in the beginning, you do, you have to create a lot of space to say, you know what, my wife is going to process her grief and her trauma a certain way. I'm going to do it as well, and we've yeah. got to give each other each other a lot of uh, of of buffer, a lot of room to be able to um, to to do what we need to do just to survive the first few yeah. weeks and months and that kind of thing. But if we're not careful, 
And if we don't know like how um, to end time be able to come back around that, to begin to pick up the pieces and start working through that, mm-hmm. um, there there is a reason why I think a lot of, uh, in my example, a lot of couples who suffer child loss end up in divorce. Right. They split. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. because they, they it takes that turn and they don't know how to make it make it back to where they start connecting yeah. in healthier ways again. Yeah, and so right. I guess I'll just add that 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 it, now is not the time, but but just as a reminder for those of you who are listening, that there's there's a kind of a suspension of all those things just to be able to keep your head above water. Like as Sheila said, we want to keep yeah. that ship afloat, but um, also remember that how how you guys are 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 are, are um, you know living life, how you're connecting, that in the next few weeks and months ahead. Um, how you come back around those things, how you take care of yourself emotionally, how you take care of your relationship mm-hmm. are all going to be very important aspects too, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that you guys would want to add to that, but I think that th- th- that those are those are just a, a few of the things I really wanted to be able to to um, to talk through with you guys and communicate to our, our listeners. Um, anything else you guys would want to add to some of the things that we've put on, on the table so far? Yeah. I would I would echo what Jenny said a little while ago, just about connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one way to continue to survive and, um, you know, like the example you just gave, Lee, about couples staying intact um, is continue to connect, whether it be, you yeah. know, um, those hugs within the family, whether it be um, checking in with one another um, or even with extended friends, you know, calling them or texting them or doing Zoom, um, connect, connect, connect as much mm-hmm. as possible because that's one sure way of knowing that you're, you know, the boat survives that we survive as well, right. you know, right. yeah. um, that isolation won't just take us under fully. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, that is a great point because, yeah. you know, I mean, when we're in trauma, when we're going through survival mode, we are in fight or flight. Um, we yeah. are in, we're in danger and we're going to, are we going to respond physiologically in one of yeah. two ways? We're going to fight or mm-hmm. we're going to flight. Um, but one thing that mm-hmm. can soothe that is connection, um, mm-hmm. connection, mm-hmm. but also connection with yourself too. So mm-hmm. with other people, but also like, remember the things that bring you joy. Remember the things that you enjoyed before this, that you yeah. like to do before this. If it's music, if it's like just being outside for a little bit, um, if it's playing like, I don't know, some baseball in the backyard with your kid, whatever it is, like, remember that too, like what connects you to yourself. Um, And then, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, what connects you with God to pray, have people pray for you, Um, reach out to other people. But yeah, exactly. Connection. Remember to connect that, that can help soothe that, that fight or flight response. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Guys, um, I'm afraid we're going to have to wrap it up here. Um, I think there's still, um, obviously so much more ways that we can go with this one. But um, again, I think the intent of this particular podcast was to just start the conversation and maybe an entry point for a, a lot of people who are on front lines in healthcare yeah. um, and just maybe making this maybe a first step for you guys. Um, yeah. uh, and, and so uh, I want you guys to hear if you're listening, um, uh, we don't know you by name, but you are in our thoughts and you're in our prayers Yes. Um, and we, we um, want to do whatever we can to support. Um, and so um, definitely yeah. if, if, uh, if you're listening to this, reach out to us if we can be of any uh, support and help. We've got people on our staff that are willing to, um, to give free or reduced rate counseling um, for people who are on front lines um, yeah. just to be able to help carry the load, right? Um, yeah. 
and so yeah, well, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, and I think we'll we'll do another podcast, maybe talking specifically um, for those who are not necessarily health healthcare workers, but people who have suffered direct suffered direct loss because of COVID nineteen. Um, and yeah. so if um, if you guys uh, are listening to this, you want to uh, tune in and check that one out, definitely look out for the next podcast um, and we'll talk through that uh, particular situation. Okay. Jugula, Jenny, thank right. you so much for joining us. Thanks, Appreciate thanks it. for having us. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Now, if you benefited from this podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, share with your friends, and make sure to leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us to keep making podcasts and more content like this possible for you. If you have any questions, want to get more content, or just want to stay connected with us, go to our website at watershedinitiative.com and follow us on social media. Lastly, if you want to get connected with a life coach or therapist, call us at our collaborative group practice, Lifeology in Richardson and Frisco, Texas at 214-556-0996.